This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people. Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingleton. Taylor Moore. Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston Broom. The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is the Clay Young Show. Welcome back for another ride on the podcast 225 Train. Clay Young here with you. Excited to talk with you on this week's episode, episode 198. Can you believe it? Episode 198 of our podcast, and it's still, still amazing. And today we're going to be talking about something so near and dear to my heart, and that is the opportunity to get kids to fall in love with their purpose and learning. We're going to be talking with Nita Mitchell with the Louisiana Arts and Science Museum. She's going to be talking about this treasure in downtown Baton Rouge that many of you might not even know about. But your kids may know about them or your grandkids may know about it. And it, it's, it's just fascinating. So she's going to be in studio with me to talk about that. And we're going to get an update on how Nick Toulier is doing from his father, James Toulier. Nick is... Still in Houston, as you know, still fighting, and we'll find out what is happening on that front. I want to remind you again, if you haven't been paying attention or if you're enjoying your condominium, condominium under that rock you've been living under, that our event, Smoke em If You Got em, is coming up on Sunday, May 19th at Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row in Baton Rouge. This year, benefiting the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation and Special Ops Survivors. More on that at the end of the show. Can't wait to talk to Nita Mitchell, so let's not delay. We'll take a quick break and come right back with her here on The Clay Young Show. Podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand. If you've wanted your own podcast, the time to call us is now. This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. Be a part of the on-demand audio movement today. You know, this time of year, most people enjoy South Louisiana weather in the evenings, being outside. And one of the only things that could ruin that is a mosquito bite. They're painful and they're not so great for your kids. John Conroy, the founder and owner of Pestop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution, can help you eliminate the problem, correct? We really can. We've, we have a couple of products. We have these handheld foggers mm-hmm. uh, that you can... Love those things. Oh, yeah, they're cool. You can put them on the patio and just hit this little remote button, and there it goes go. off for a few seconds, mm-hmm. and the wind kind of pushes it around. Yep. We also have a liquid that is a synthetic pyrethroid that you apply on the lawn, and most important application is going to be the underside of the leaves of your shrubbery. Okay, okay. And it can last up to three months between applications. Okay, so in the Baton Rouge area, we're outside a lot. How can I buy this? Well, combined see us. Our store is located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a block south of Old Hammond Highway. Or give us a call with questions at 273-4788. Visit the showroom, get the information at Pest Stop. This is The Clay Young Show. 
back with Nita Mitchell with the Louisiana Arts and Science Museum. You know, I've been fascinated with museums and everything that goes on the inside of them. It's an opportunity for you to almost time travel when you're in a museum because you can go back to a part of civilization that you may not have been able uh, to see or touch and learn so much. And so that is where I want to begin. When people come into the museum, what is the atmosphere you want them to feel? What are the experiences you want them to have? Let's talk about that. And then let's get into some of the specifics of the timeline of the museum. All right. This is a great opportunity. (laughs) Thanks so much, Clay, for asking us to be here today. And um, we want all of our visitors to experience that wow factor. Yeah. We love to talk about the wow. Yeah. And um, of course, we want them to learn. We want them to explore. We want them to discover. We want them to um, enjoy those social connections. Mm-hmm. Maybe they came with their school group. Maybe they came with their grandmother and their grandfather. Maybe they came with their Cub Scout group. But it's just a great social experience, a multi-generational experience. But we want them to see and do things that maybe they may not be able to do anywhere else but a museum. Right. When it's interesting. So we we were talking about this before we started recording about the the timeline of the Louisiana Arts and Science Museum, which used to be the Arts and Science Center. When did it begin? What's the genesis of this of this this uh, facility? Can you believe 1960? Wow. Yes. And we were on North Boulevard in mm-hmm. the old governor's mansion. A lot of people remember we actually had a planetarium yeah, there. Yeah. And of course, in 1971, moved to our location now mm-hmm. on River Road, which used to be a the Illinois Central Railroad passenger station. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, in the back patio, we call it now the Yazoo Plaza, named after the Yazoo and Mississippi Valley Railroad Company. They yeah. say even Mike the Tiger traveled on that train, right? Really? There. Can you believe that? Hmm. Incredible. Well, it, and so what? what's the size of the facility? How, how large is it for people who've never been there before? Square footage. I will have to look that up for you, Clay. Um we practically cover a whole city block. Right. I mean, we get our steps in every every day. <laughs> and uh, for those of you, for those viewers or listeners who have watched the evolution of the organization, we started out about half the block. Yeah. And then when we added the planetarium, we added a whole additional half onto our building. So now we have this amazing state of the art. Mm-hmm immersive experience when you were talking earlier i thought about the word immersive because we want people to be immersed and so we have this beautiful planetarium as well so yes we cover a whole city block and we make use of every inch of that facility well let's talk about what's in the museum when you walk in let's and the places that people get to travel when they're in that in that facility some of the favorite spaces it's so funny sometimes when kids walk in the door one of the favorite comments is um where's the zombie (laughs) do you know what they mean (laughs) yeah (laughs) they're looking for the mummy yep and so of course where can you see an Egyptian mummy that's over 2,000 years old. Right. That's a very interesting experience. Yeah. And so we've built lots of programs and experiences around our mummy. And mm-hmm. that is our Egyptian gallery is one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I mentioned the planetarium because, right. you know, that's just incredible. And um, 
in the last few years, we have been blessed with the Triceratops skull. And believe it or not, an interesting story a lot of people don't know is that that Triceratops skull, uh, which weighs over a ton, and um, think about that. Yes, the skull oh, weighs clay. over a ton. Clay. Yeah. I wish you could have. Well, wait. I take that back. I'll have to double check it. I think it's over a thousand pounds. But I'm going to get back to you on That's that one. Still it's heavy. Over a thousand pounds. pounds. Yes. I mean, half a ton yes. just for the skull. Yes. Yeah. But over a thousand pounds. And I wish you could have been there the day that Jason the dinosaur arrived. He arrived <laughs> in a rider truck. He was found in uh, Montana wow. in 2011. And he went to Tucson, Arizona to get a little facelift mm -hmm. from a paleontologist. And that paleontologist drove him in a rider truck in a rainstorm. He spent the night in the parking lot in the rider truck. And the next day we had to hoist him up on a forklift. And he barely fit through the rear double doors. Wow. It was so much fun. But that dinosaur was purchased by Todd Graves of Raising Cane No surprise. Chicken. No, no surprise. Can you believe it? And yeah. so he has loaned the dinosaur to us. We always joke around the staff, and we kind of are wondering if maybe his wife would have preferred not to have a dinosaur in their house. Just he's, a, he's, a, he's a collector, though. Yes, he, he is. So he, he has Elvis uh, memorabilia. Oh. He's a big Elvis fan. I don't know if you know this, because he announced it earlier this year, but he purchased the hearse that carried the body yes. of Dr. King. Yes. And I got a chance to see it at in January. At, 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 and it's amazing that his his affection for history and things like that. And I was going to ask, how did how did it come about that you were able to get this dinosaur? I, it's Todd, no surprise. Yes, I think he just contacted, because you know what a generous person he <laughs> yeah. is and how wonderful he is in, in helping all of us in the community. Yeah. And I think he initiated the contact and yeah. said, what do you think? Are you interested in a dinosaur? And of course, we jumped to the opportunity because... Everyone loves a dinosaur. Yeah. So this is our Triceratops skull. It is absolutely gorgeous. And we have built programming all around that skull because mm -hmm. we placed it in an area called our solar system gallery, which has an astronomy emphasis. So what we've done is added a lot of fossils mm -hmm. and rocks, and we've married astronomy and geology and it's worked out beautifully so really? we are so grateful you know to I, have Jason I think about when kids come in kids are fascinated by stars yes. and the solar system and what's up there and 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 dinosaurs obviously it's a big thing and now we're in this genre of entertainment where there are these movies about dinosaurs and kids are learning the names of dinosaurs and and I think that's fascinating so I could see children falling in love with that I know we're going to talk about other other of the displays that are there, but let's talk about the learning factor that I know you employ, especially yes. with children when they come into the museum. Absolutely. Our school audience is one of our largest audiences, mm -hmm. and we take very seriously our relationships right. with teachers, with students, with school districts, and work very, very closely. And um, it's very important to the school community that the experiences they have in a museum setting or any kind of what we call field trip sometimes. Yeah. And and even that word is a little strange, you know, because this is not a trip to McDonald's and go roll down right. the hill. Right. I mean, this has to tie in with their curriculum mm -hmm. for, for teachers to even get permission to come. Right. And so we have a whole catalog 
of very structured programs Mm -hmm. that are closely aligned with the Louisiana Student Standards for Science. Okay. So that we can be a support to that teacher and that administrator for what they're doing in the classroom. And so it's it's interesting because of all of the the things that they get to learn. You talked about the astronomy and and learning about dinosaurs. What are some of the other exhibits in, in the museum? Oh my goodness, we have um, art exhibitions. We have, every semester we change the art exhibition. Okay. And so um, we just in the fall had one, uh, a New Orleans artist, Lynn Emery, Mm -hmm. and it was about, it was called Forces of Nature. And it was sculptures, they were kinetic sculptures. And um, we were able to marry art and science mm-hmm. and math as the kids are studying forces and motion and all of those concepts and just a beautiful marriage right now we have another one um, that focuses on um a photographer um vivian meyer and there's a netflix documentary all about her life it's a whole fascinating story mm-hmm. but we do our best to especially for the school children to tie those exhibitions in with whatever they may be learning in the classroom. What's your highest expectation from what kids will gain having been in the museum? Well, we want to encourage everyone in the museum to become a lifelong learner and explorer. That's a big part of that. You know, I love to tell kids that we're always learning, we're always exploring. And so we want to expand their curiosity. Mm-hmm. We want them to discover, we want them to think, right. solve problems, spark those ideas for their future. We strongly believe that museums, and this is proven, mm-hmm. have a real role in workforce development, ultimately, because think about it. Think about a child comes to a museum they've heard the word engineer and they thought it was somebody that drove a train. Right. And then they come to our planetarium, Clay, you've got to come see the movie in our planetarium, Dream Big Engineering Our World. It teaches them in a very um, wonderful way about what what an engineer does. Then they come out of that planetarium and they come into one of our classrooms and with one of our museum educators, they take part in a bridge building class or a robotics class that ends with a competition right. where their robots are competing to deliver food at the end of the in the end of the line so you see how we tie that all together and we want it to be relevant mm-hmm. we want it to be relevant so they go oh i get it this is what an engineer does right. and this is really fun and this might be something i would like to do one day well they learn about the industrious nature of the human mind because of all of the great you know, construction done throughout civilization without the benefit of technology and long yes. before cars and, you know, the way the things that were able to be built as Louise, as it relates to Louisiana, what is the you know, talk about the Louisiana flavor in the museum? Well, we actually um, partner with a lot of Louisiana artists mm-hmm. in our museum's atrium. We have a beautiful huge sculpture that Frank Hayden 
Really? You know Frank Hayden? Yeah. I mean, and what a, you know, what a, a, a treasure, a yeah. Louisiana treasure, as he taught at Southern University right? for years. And you can see his art throughout the mm-hmm. city. And that beautiful sculpture is like a centerpiece of right. our atrium. So sometimes when kids are, you can't miss it. And sometimes yeah. when kids are standing there waiting, I'll walk up and say, let's talk about this sculpture. What story was Mr. Hayden trying to tell? And so partnering with Louisiana artists, sometimes we have exhibitions that are Lynn Emery, Mm -hmm. Louisiana artist, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, there's that Louisiana flavor there. Also, you mentioned the train station and we are working on developing some interpretation that really helps people understand the history of that building. That building is on the, uh, National Historic Register. Right. And so for people to really understand, this also is a Louisiana and a Baton Rouge treasure. Right. And, you know, you think about the rail lines. It, it, it was the super highway before the Internet. And from, you know, all of the, the, the barons that were able to make their fortunes using rail from Cornelius Vanderbilt and, and you know, just all of these guys, you know, Andrew Carnegie and, and just everything that was happening in that part of America using the rail lines to be able to do what they did. There's so much history there. Yes. And that's what we want students, but even adults. Adults mm-hmm. love to talk about the building and the train station. And and I think that that whole historical context, we had an um, exhibition one time, and believe it or not, part of it was ladies' purses. And one of the purses for handle had one of the curly, old-fashioned phone mm-hmm. cords. Mm-hmm. And I heard a parent and child talking. And the mom said, well, you know, this is made out of a phone cord. And the child goes, what's What's a phone phone cord (laughs) isn't that great and so just simple objects because you know museums are about objects right and you have that object and then you can you've got the attention of that child that's so funny it's so sad at the same time isn't that great i know makes us feel a little bit no rotor what's a rotary dial they don't know what a rotary dial is so so, talk about the 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 partnerships you have with businesses here in the community because and not only the ones you have but I also want to encourage people listening to say this is something you can do for employees for your employees kids but let's talk about those partnerships thank you for mentioning that because I was going there next (laughs) (laughs) that's great um so many wonderful corporate partnerships local businesses um just volunteers. We'll have engineers just come and do hands-on activities just to share right. their expertise. One that comes to mind right away and that I have a close relationship with personally is uh, BASF because yep. they came to us in 2011 and uh, wanted to partner with us on a program that they have in over 30 countries around the world called BAS- BASF Kids Lab. <laughs> and so since 2011, we have partnered together BASF since 2011 has funded over 14,500 fourth graders, 1,000 teachers, over 2,600 adult chaperones. That's just during the school day. That's 18,000 plus for the school impact. But then the next year in 2012, they came and said, you know, that went well. Let's add a weekend component. Wow. We now have a weekend component of their Kids Lab program that they fund and we deliver with our staff. Almost 12,000 weekend visitors have participated in that program. And in the course of a year, we do 120 hands on 45 minute chemistry workshops for children six through 12 
and their accompanying adults. And it is the most amazing multi-generational learning experience. And so we couldn't be more thrilled about partnerships like BASF. ExxonMobil is another Mm -hmm. wonderful partnership that is very, very education oriented. And we also just had our huge engineering day. BASF Mm -hmm. and ExxonMobil were strongly involved in that. Over 860 people came out to our Saturday engineering day on March 23rd. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yes, amazing. And we figured out quite a few years back, you know, as an art and science museum, Mm -hmm. that engineering and design make a beautiful bridge between art and science. Agreed. And so it's a perfect fit for us. Well, and and talk about the, on the weekends, you have kids who are coming there, they get to come into the into the museum free, and uh, th- th- that is because of the generosity of some in this community. Absolutely, we have the first Sunday of every month is our free first Sunday program. And uh, as you said, it's sponsored many times by our wonderful community partners and um, just provides that access, Mm -hmm. that uh, opportunity for everyone. No one has to show a card. You just come on in and show up and have a good time. And we love that program. And um, then sometimes, as in this weekend, we're partnering with the Arts Council of Greater Mm -hmm. Baton Rouge. There's the Ebb and Flow Festival. So there'll be activities all over downtown, and we're one of the venues. We'll have performances in our atrium, Mm -hmm. but we're extending the free admission this weekend to Saturday as well. It's it's, it's so interesting that people think about things to do in, in Baton Rouge, and this is something that I think is often lost on people is that they can come here, spend hours in there, the kids will have a good time. It's a great environment to be in. And I do think that people miss the, and kids know about it more so than their parents because they get to go by way of school trips. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so we appreciate you helping us to get the word oh, out. Oh, no question. Because there's so much that goes on in our building on any given day. It has to be fascinating because I know I always enjoy when I see it, when you're watching children in a place like a museum and you see that connection they are making with the information they're being given. It's fascinating to watch and they just want it. You could tell that they want it. That spark. Yep. Just that spark, that light bulb goes off and they come up and they say, wow, this was so much fun. It's almost like you trick them into learning all kind of fun stuff. And and we think it should be fun. You know, it should be that wow factor. I was uh, following a child up the stairs one day and I heard him turn to someone and say, this place is a gold mine. <laughs> and no I question. thought that's great because well, we hope it is and we know it is. I think it, it is the, one of the most unfortunate things that happen in society now is I think children can miss the opportunity to fall in love with learning because of things that are happening around them. And I think that's that's really thievery, especially with younger children, you know, elementary school kids who never get the opportunity to fall in love with yes. something, you know, through education, because that's their way to do special things. Going to a museum and actually being close to the fossil or part of a dinosaur, that's fascinating for a child. And you know, you never know where it's going to take them. We totally agree. And we feel like we're helping to make memories, you know, right. those special memories. There are children who come, I remember a group coming from Donaldsonville one time, 
and they had never been across, some of those children had never been across the that's bridge right. right there. Well, that's a learning experience in itself. That's some right. of the groups go behind us for lunch, and they'll have a lunch on the levee and look at the river and that's look right. at the bridge and look at the USS Isn't that something Kidd to think and, about? Yes, and so I know I, I've had conversations with our superintendent, Drake, and mm-hmm. he's, Warren Drake is so supportive, and many oh, yeah. of the other administrators, in getting kids out into the community yeah. and providing those kind of experiences, which just supplement and complement what are going on, you know, what kinds of experiences they're having in the classroom. So we believe there is strong value in there, and the research bears that out, that um, that can make a difference. How many kids, you, you talked about the number of kids uh, and, and people that come into the museum, but as it relates to school-age children, do you have any number on how many you see? I do. We have, in 2018, we had... 98,607 school wow. program participants. That's and fantastic. And so we're, we're so proud of that. Yeah. And you know, Clay, I know that you have friends who are teachers, and, yep. and I was in the classroom myself for 15 years. And if we can support that teacher, sometimes yep. we can provide opportunities that the teacher may not be able to afford. Right. There's materials and supplies and equipment that perhaps she can't purchase or That's he right. can't purchase. And so when we can do that, we just feel so good about that. Absolutely. And so we, we value our educational partnerships the so te- strongly. A teacher is so essential in a child's ability to dream because it's one of their first points of contact out of the home when they can learn about something that that's fascinating to them. Uh, I fell in love with history as a child because of a couple of teachers, and I loved. I had a I had a teacher who could take the story. Lincoln's my favorite president, and and I had a teacher who can take their life and experiences and their historical moments and describe them in a way like you were listening to someone talk about a play. And I couldn't get enough of that. And I think the same thing happens with kids with science. And and I, so I do think you have to support teachers because they're so important to what children oh. think about the world. Am I wrong? Oh, they work so hard. Yeah. It's, it's the hardest job and the best job and the most rewarding job all rolled up into one. No and question. we respect and appreciate those teachers. And when you mentioned that, I had chills. <laughs> I had chills because you know what you were talking about, which is also what teachers do and we do. It's storytelling. No question. And that's really what we do all day long through those objects, through those experiences, through our planetarium. We're telling stories right. to capture that attention of that child that Mm -hmm. person so that it can propel them to greater horizons and learning that's it and and it's so important because of its impact on a child's self-confidence I mean when they achieve early on they be they they believe that they can achieve and they fall in love with achievement which is what pushes them to success later on in life and that can start by being in a museum hearing a story about you know pyramids or or learning about the mummification of people and why it was done that way and all of the stories around it Clay <laughs> we teach forensics classes where we analyze you know blood and we analyze the skull features and then the kids go into the ancient Egypt gallery they see the mummy then they see these cat scans Mm -hmm. and x-rays of the mummy when he went to St. Elizabeth's Hospital and whenever the forensic scientists used those same procedures forensic procedures that they just did in the class 
used them to determine that our mummy was truly a male. So you see how we just tie right. it all together, the right. art, the science, the history, and all of those interdisciplinary experiences yeah. for sure. Okay, so finally here, how can people learn more about the museum and about events that are happening at the museum? LASM.org, everything you need to know. Also, our staff list is there. Our staff, we we love to create a welcoming environment and you can click on there and just contact any one of us, myself included. That's right. And um, LASM.org is the best. Also, sign up for our e-blasts. Check out our Facebook and our social media. One more program I gotta mention because I know Go this ahead. is near and dear to your heart. The Blue Star Program. Yes. And, um, Shout out to Meek and Falk, Falk and Meek, <laughs> yeah. Falk and Meek. I yeah. better say it I right. Gotta, gotta David right. Falk is That's one right. of our amazing <laughs> board members. And the Blue Star Program provides free admission to active duty military, we went ahead and That's added awesome. the first responders to that That's because awesome. that's very important as well. The participant plus five family members can come anytime and enjoy wow. the the adventures of learning at our museum. So our Blue Star program is so near and dear to our hearts. Anytime something's coming on and you want to come back, you always have a, oh. a place here. So please remember that. And, and listen, folks, take your kids, take your grandkids, go yourself, spend a day there, escape where you are and travel back in time a hundred years, or in some cases more than a million years and see things that you didn't see before right here in little old Baton Rouge. Absolutely. One more statistic to right. end the day. This is, is, is this the one about the sports is, events? Yes, <laughs> isn't that great? I knew you would love this one. There are approximately 850 million visits every year to American museums. That is more than the attendance for all major league sporting events and theme parks combined. And you don't leave angry because of a referee missed a call. So That's there you right. go. That's right. <laughs> Nita, thank you so much. Thank you, Clay. We appreciate it so much. Promote your business or organization on podcast225.com. Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on The Clay Young Show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. This is The Clay Young Show. Back with James Toulier, who is in Houston right now. James hasn't been on the podcast in, uh, in a few weeks, and I wanted to talk with him to see how he's doing, uh, see how Mary's doing, and, of course, see how Nick is doing. JT, how are you, buddy? Um, okay. So Day-to-day, hour-to-hour, you know? I, I hear it. So the, the, that's the obvious question right out of the shoot. How is Nick doing? Uh, he's doing okay today. Uh, he um, slept well last night, so he um, he's he had a good day today so far. Uh, the therapies will tire him out, you know. And by the uh, late in the afternoon, he's he'll get uh, sleepy, and you know, it's just, just um, that's the type of situation it is. It uh, 
uh, with TBI injuries like that, they they get wore out with uh, through their therapy sessions. Uh, any trouble as of late? Any health concerns or issue uh, over the last few weeks, months? Well, he had been in the hospital uh, since uh, I think early January. I think he went in for pneumonia again, and he spent uh, weeks in the hospital here with that being treated. They uh, ended up discharging him over to tier and so that's where he's been at for a couple of weeks now at tier here in houston and yeah um after he got there to tier he had a relapse in his left lung of pneumonia and uh but it you know seems like they caught it real quick and stopped it from progressing and he's been okay since so but you know our our problem is over last year yeah I think he had pneumonia five times. Yeah, yeah. And so that uh, the recurring, you know, cases uh, sets him back because what happens, he goes in the hospital and loses the therapies. And with a TBI patient, they have to have ongoing therapy. Mm-hmm. If they lose that, then they lose, not only do they, you know, they, they don't just plateau. They start declining in the gains that they hit have achieved and that's that happens to nick so it's, it's how, 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 how long was he without therapy um well the entire time he was in the hospital okay uh you know he was i know the whole month of january uh this is uh i think january and february i'd have to look back time is is a problem uh, you know, keeping track of it. I, I know when he went in the hospital, I couldn't tell you the date that he came out at the moment, you know, that he, he came straight out of the hospital and directly to tear. And it seems like he's been at tear for probably about three weeks now. Any idea why this, why this pneumonia keeps re recurring? They, uh, say it, it has to do with aspiration. They, um, changed his uh, what's called peck tube that's a feeding tube goes directly into his stomach they originally had a what they call a g-tube and uh that g-tube just puts everything directly in the stomach mm-hmm. and because of that they felt he was having reflux issues and uh you know if and, and for various reasons one if he got fed too much uh, then it could cause reflux. Uh, just various reasons. Uh, if his GI tract seemed to slow down, boom, there we would go with a reflux issue. And when it would go up into his mouth area, instead of going back down into his stomach, it would go through the wrong pipe and get into his lungs. And <clears throat> that would, you know, they call it aspiration. And uh, so that would, you know, that's putting liquid where it shouldn't be yeah. and helps turn into pneumonia. And so he's he's on the, you're saying that he's out of this last bout with it, but still at tier or still in the middle of it? No, he's still at tier right now. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's been okay for a week or more now without pneumonia. Uh, but, you know, over the last week he had 
fever one time. His white count spiked up one day. It's hard to say why, but then they immediately put him on a, uh, a broad spectrum antibiotic, trying to figure out what it was. And yeah, they never did discover anything, but his white count came right back down, and he so uh, they you know did chest X-rays and didn't see anything show up in his lungs. So they're not, you know, it's. Uh, kind of Columbus style to me in, in yeah. at times, you know, you hunt and discover. Uh, but it's, uh, again, like I say, day to day, week to week, you know, things change. And it's surprising at times because we switched uh, pulmonary, uh, pulmonary doctors uh, with Nick because we had been over the whole, you know, for over a year now with one pulmonary team and they they kept having recurring pneumonias. So it makes you get to a situation where you think, well, we're trying the same tactics over and over and expecting different results to occur, but they don't. Uh, The same results keep occurring. You know, he keeps having pneumonia. So we switched pulmonary teams and this uh, new doctor was uh, President Bush 41's pulmonary doctor and so top in this field and he's, he's very good he's, he's aggressive but he's he's new on board with Nick and he had checked Nick early in the week and by the and Nick was good by the end of the week Nick had pneumonia and yeah. so uh he, he told us it was shocking how quick it came on. But, you know, it, uh, it's problems with aspiration, and Nick's got allergies. Uh, I've got allergies. You could hear a little rasp in my voice probably. Yeah. There's a lot of pollen over here in Houston. It, it's surprising to me in one sense. I know we have pollen in the Baton Rouge area, but over here they reported on the news every night what the pollen count is and which the oak pollen, pine, cedar, you know. And so, <clears throat> but Nick's got allergies, so that comes into play. And uh, it's hard, you know, it's hard to nail down the, the exact cause of what's, you know, coming into play with his pneumonias. But this, this new doctor is... Like I said, he's top in the field, and we've got high hopes um, for him uh, with Nick. Um, one thing Nick's got and has had for a while now, what's called pseudomonas, and I, I can't give a description of what that is, but it's something that they claim colonizes in the lungs, and it can cause infections and come into play with pneumonia and the old team said that's something Nick will have for the rest of his life. New doctor said not soon, not not really the case. Wow. You can cure it and get rid of it. And uh, in the meantime, they had a nurse from uh, Hammond area called us, and uh, we've talked a, a few times, and her father um, had the same thing. And, I mean, he, he wasn't a TBI patient, but he, he had... Uh, he had some, some medical issues, and it caused him to have recurring pneumonias. 
had the pseudomonas, just like Nick. Uh, she ended up with a doctor down in New Orleans. Uh, I want to say at University Medical Center. Maybe is the name of the, the hospital facility down there. Anyway, that doctor was same thing of the mind frame. Oh, yeah, you can cure that. And uh, they got rid of his pneumonias. He was pneumonia-free for well over a year and had been having it every few months before that, just like Nick. So, you know, this uh, we have high hopes for this new pulmonary team. Well, what what are some things that you know? Obviously, given us a, the backstory on how Nick is doing. Any other things that you want to say to people in Baton Rouge who've been curious about how y'all have been, who don't necessarily have a way to contact you or ask you any questions? No, I do. <laughs> I do not. Um, um, okay. Yeah, you know, we just please keep up the prayers. That that's definitely what what's helped Nick get to where he's at. He's. Uh, Coming up for you know to to address all the naysayers and the negative thinkers. Uh, Nick is coming up on uh, in nine days, day one thousand. Wow! And uh, you know wow. it, when this initially happened, we were told, and there's no no coloration of it. We were told he wouldn't last twenty four hours. Then we were told he you know okay, well he did, but he's not going to last forty eight hours. Then he did. Then it was five days. Then after 21 days, here's the reason he will slowly pass away, because mechanisms in the brain, uh, there are cells that will start eating away at dead tissue, and it doesn't know where to stop. Here we are. We're, day, we're coming up on day 1,000. You know, what, what can you say? Uh, doctors in Baton Rouge said, no, it's impossible. It won't happen. Yet. Here we are. And so, you know, a, a number of things. We've got video of Nick. Now, I know we've lost ground because of the pneumonias and the seizures. Seem to have the seizures underhand now, by the way. But uh, we've got video of Nick saying the word hello. Wow. And doctors in Baton Rouge said impossible could never, ever happen uh, if by miracle he survives. He could never communicate again. And, you know, we've got a, uh, a yes-no system with him. Nick understands everything you talk to him about. Wow. He don't talk around him thinking you're going to sneak something by him because he's listening. And he does understand. You know, he's fully cognizant. And uh, he, uh, you know, uh, he's definitely a miracle. And the oh, miracles wow. continue. So. Well, we don't have any doubt how we got here. Well, your passion and commitment and his just outright toughness, I'm sure, is an inspiration to a lot of people. And, and people wanted to know how you how you were doing. And I wanted to get you back on here, at least until mm -hmm. I can get over to Houston to get a slab of cow with you over there somewhere. But uh, mm -hmm. but but man, we are you are in our prayers, both you and Nick and your entire family. Anything you need? No, no, just uh, unless somebody can find a magic wand or a time machine, you know, that, hmm. uh, that uh, there's nothing we need. So just continue to, uh, you know, keep nicking your thoughts and prayers, please. Thank you, brother.
Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones and intercom systems, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up-to-date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no-brainer. Don't get sucked in by out-of-town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here, and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. Don't take my word for it. Give them a call, 225-295-3500. That's 295-3500. Oh, look them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here, and they're going to continue to give you great service. Thank y'all for being here today. Enjoyed our conversation with Nita Mitchell and, of course, getting an update from James Toulier about how Nick is doing. At the end, James says he didn't really have anything to share, but <laughs> he really did have some things to share, and it was it was really good talking with him. I know how tough this has been, but Nick's hanging in there, and he's fighting, and I know that that gives James and Mary the, the confidence to keep going and keep fighting as well. You know, I think it's important for this community in the aftermath of everything that happened in 16 to try to work to not only make things better, but to get along better and not trade in all the toxic energy that's out there on social media or in the media in general. I'm just not going to do it. Uh, I just I'm not going to do it. And I think there are enough people out there slinging hate around. They don't need another one. And I have better things to do. So now, smoke them if you got them. Sunday, May 19th, Ben 77 Bistro in Perkins Row, 4 o'clock start time, the auction items. I can't wait to tell you about the live auction items. There may or may not be a trip or two involved in the auction. Just saying. Just saying. So details about that are... On the way really soon. Kind of want to get closer to the middle of the month. I actually have a call with the entire team tomorrow about some of those details. And so I'm looking forward to it. Thank you for being with us. Approaching episode 200 of this show. Tell your friends about us. You can find me on social media. On Twitter at ClayYoungBR. On Facebook, of course, Clay Young. Clay underscore YoungBR on the gram, Instagram. Share, like, follow the whole nine. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of The Clay Young Show.